Welcome to the podcast of New City Church. We hope this podcast inspires you on your journey of inward and outward transformation. Please join us on Sundays. You can find more information on our website, grownewcity.church. God bless you. Let's talk about spit and how amazing it is. According to a 2019 study by the National Institute of Biotechnological Information, which is a part of the National Institute for Health, human saliva is 99% water. A common sign of dehydration, or that you just need more water, is when your body starts making less spit. Not producing enough spit increases your risk for tooth decay and respiratory illnesses. Spit keeps your mouth healthy. It's the first step of the digestive process, as it helps break down your food. Spit is antimicrobial. I practice so hard saying that word. Antimicrobial. (laughs) Which means it kills germs. (laughs) According to the CDC, spit contains hydrogen peroxide, which is a disinfectant and can be used to clean your kitchen or your bathroom. Hydrogen peroxide, not spit. Do not clean your bathroom with spit. But... That's all to say, healing a person with spit isn't completely without reason. Though, definitely don't spit in someone's eye if you know they have an eye condition, and seek medical help before you try to heal your own wounds with spit. In today's verses, Jesus healed a blind man by spitting on his eyes and putting his hands on him. But Jesus didn't heal the man right the first time, as the man couldn't accurately see those around him. So Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes again and his sight was restored. Did Jesus, this divine being, really mess up? Maybe. But I personally think he did it to show that sometimes healing isn't instantaneous. You don't just take a magic pill. You don't just do one touch and suddenly you're better. Healing comes in stages. Jesus put his saliva and his hands on this man knowing what people would think if he failed. But Jesus chose to do it anyways. There's something so profoundly humbling about Jesus using spit to heal someone. It's not expensive. It's not a fancy medicine. It's not even pure water. Jesus used saliva, something that is literally in all of our mouths right now, to heal this man of his visual impairment. It's even more humbling that Jesus allowed us to view his process, allowed us to see him try once, then try again to get the results he wanted. Jesus healed in his own way. The very first time I came to New City, there was a line in a sermon that stuck with me. Jesus must have been a profound disappointment. He wasn't a military leader or a smooth-tongued politician, but he gave a lot of really good lectures. Imagine being as someone around the time of Jesus's ministry. Imagine that you've been hearing about Jesus for years, but you see him and you see that he doesn't fix the problems of things that you need of the things you think need fixing most, or at least he doesn't fix them all at once. Imagine that you've been hearing about this so-called son of God from just about everyone and that you're tired of waiting for something to happen from this savior that doesn't seem to be an actual savior. Just imagine that you're waiting for religion that's showing up in ways that you need it most. But I know this is really hard to imagine because none of us have ever really felt this way. (laughs) 
What do you do when you can't see everything clearly? What do you do when healing doesn't look the way it's supposed to? One thing that I always wondered about is why the Gospels never showed aftercare visits. When you go to the doctor for a serious health condition, they normally say follow up in two weeks or so to make sure whatever problem you were having is gone, or at least made more manageable. Jesus didn't do follow-up visits, at least or as it was recorded. He didn't actively seek out the people he healed in the past in order to make sure they're still okay or that no new problems had popped up. I always wondered, what happened next? Did the people Jesus healed stay healed? Did their ailments partially or fully come back? Lazarus had to die again eventually. The crowds Jesus fed still had to eat again eventually. What if the blind person in today's verses suffered from yet another condition? What do you do when healing is temporary or only partially happens? What do you do when you're waiting for healing to happen? God gives us the Bibles, gives us these stories so we can use them as examples in our own lives. The verses read today showed someone who is miraculously healed but it took time to be healed. The verses read today showed the scene unfolding, but they didn't mention the profound disappointment people must have felt when healing didn't happen the first time. Jesus healed in his own way, but he healed in stages, not all at once. Healing is a process. I have schizophrenia, which is a mental illness that makes it hard to tell reality from what's in your head. Depending on your type, the symptoms may vary, but I don't need to get into those details. This is one of the very few times where looking up something on WebMD is actually appropriate. As with any illness, especially mental illness, there are days where I feel like I can do anything versus days where I'm afraid to leave my bed for fear something bad will happen, or I'll start showing symptoms I can't always control in public, or behave inappropriately for a situation because I'm having a hard time determining what's actually there and uh, a lot of other fears. But don't feel bad for me because I don't feel bad for me. I've learned to see it as something that just is rather than placing a value judgment on something I can't even control. I learned that taking my medication, establishing a care team of mental health professionals, and asking for support from my friends and family normally keep me stable and prevent me from a relapse. It took me a long time to accept I'll probably be on medication and in therapy for the rest of my life, but that's a very small price to pay for my sanity. I used to wish for a magic pill, something that would fully eradicate all of my symptoms as soon as I took it, but I know now that healing is a process. There are steps you need to take before going to the next place, and sometimes those steps need to be acknowledged. I know I have more healing to do, even if I am partially healed, and I know that it's a process. John Carlos's sermon last week mentioned God calling the process of creation good. Healing is a process. Healing is a process of creation. You have raw ingredients that come together to create something new. And as God's children, we're invited to be co-creators on our respective paths to healing. The blind man that Jesus healed became a co-creator as soon as he allowed Jesus to touch him. Yes, Jesus did the healing. 
but you have to have a person to heal in order to be a healer. So the blind man became a collaborator or a co-creator in this story. I encourage you to think of an area in your life that needs healing. Where is God inviting you to collaborate with her? Where might she be asking you to take the driver's seat in your healing? Where is God telling you to stop searching for easy solutions and to trust the process? Where is God asking you to trust that a process is in place and that the healing you so desperately need comes in stages rather than all at once? Where is God asking you to trust that the process will get done? I won't pretend to have the answers for why evil exists or why people get hurt in the first place. I won't pretend to know why healing doesn't always come when we need it. But I do know that God is asking us to trust the process. Trust, like the blind man, that healing won't come, even if it comes slowly, even if it comes in bits and pieces at first, even if it looks different from what you expected, healing will come. After all, we were made to be God's co-creators. I've been watching the anime Black Clover recently. No spoilers in the comment section. And to give a brief summary of it, about it, it's about a boy who was born without magic in a kingdom where magic means everything, and he dreams to become the wizard king despite having no magic. He gets beat up a lot by all these different evil magical creatures, but he often ends up winning because he finds his own non-magical way to fight back and is increasingly relentless to the point where other people think he's just stupid. But his catchphrase was, not yet, as in, I'm not done yet, as in, I'm not giving up even if it takes multiple tries yet, as in, if I'm alive then you haven't defeated me yet. And I think this kind of not yet describes a lot of the people in the Bible, including the verses from today, where it's relentless to the point where it looks like stupidity to others. But these people have a goal in mind and a plan for that goal that others just can't see. In today's verses, I'm sure Jesus' enemies, enemies and his disciples were like, okay, you tried once, you didn't quite get there, but you tried, let's go home. But Jesus told them, I'm not done yet. I haven't done all I can do yet. You watch while I do what I came for. The disabled person in this verse pushed through as well. After the first try, he wasn't like, okay, he tried, he didn't quite get there, and now I'm going home. No, he stayed. He said, not yet. I haven't gotten the healing I worked so hard for. I'm not leaving yet. Sometimes healing hurts. Sometimes we don't get the results we so desperately need, but we can learn from Jesus to say, not yet. I haven't finished what I came to do yet. We can say, as long as we have breath in our lungs, not yet, even if we have to whisper it, even when we don't have the strength to move our lips. Know that you belong to an entire movement that said, not yet. Jesus' death on the cross as a brown man ex executed by a carceral state was an example of not yet. He's like, I may be leaving, but I give you the Holy Spirit. We're not done yet. Yes, healing comes in stages, but we know to say, we're not finished yet. And when breathing is hard, know that you belong to a family of those who believe to say not yet. 
Know that we belong to a mother who made people from dust, who believed in these people so much that she constantly tells us not yet. I hear from God all the time. Siobhan, you may not have your ish together, but I tell you, I'm not finished with you yet. I won't abandon you. You don't need to pretend to be so strong. God, our mother, tells me, Siobhan, you're a part of people who believe in the inherent goodness of each other. We can't give up on being a part of healing each other yet, even when it's slow, even when there are more emotional changes than physical, even when you're frustrated by this. May we all take comfort in this rather than see it as a source of uncertainty. Let's heal apart together. Let's remember that she who has started a good work in you is still in the process of completing it. May this bring you comfort. Amen. Amen. Amen.